This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As world leaders gather in New York for the UN General Assembly, Liz Truss would have been making her debut on the world stage. But it's been an extraordinary fortnight since she took office, and her introduction to world leaders came early, as prime ministers and presidents gathered in London yesterday. Leaders from across the planet paying their respects. Among others, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern and Emperor Naruhito from Japan. One of the largest security operations in Britain's history. To road closures, to no-fly zones. 10,000 police protect the public, the royal family and visiting heads of state and world leaders. Well, this week is the first time Liz Truss will be meeting world leaders as Prime Minister It won't be the first time that she's carried out diplomatic talks. As Trade Secretary, I struck dozens of trade deals with major partners such as Australia and Japan. In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. I will be raising these issues at the G7 and also at the European Union Foreign Affairs Council alongside the United States, Canada and Ukraine. Although, in the past, her negotiations have met with variable success. While the deal is expected to boost New Zealand's GDP by $970 million, the impact on Britain's economy is expected to be negligible. As she prepares to speak at the UN, will Liz Truss be able to build bridges and win over her critics abroad? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, what does the world make of Liz Truss? To find out what the international verdict on Liz Truss is... We've employed the efforts of some of our correspondents around the world to find out how she's viewed abroad. For our first stop, much like the Prime Minister, we're heading across the Atlantic. I'm Sarah Baxter and I'm director of the Marie Colvin Centre for International Reporting in New York. Marie Colvin was an acclaimed war correspondent at the Sunday Times, where Sarah Baxter used to be the deputy editor. 
tell us how did the American media react when Liz Truss became prime minister? Well, they had to start from virtually nothing. They knew nothing about her, even though she'd been foreign secretary and she had accompanied Boris Johnson on a trip to Washington. She was pretty much an unknown quantity and certainly the American public had never heard of her. So it was really like an introduction very much from the basics. Truss, a member of Britain's Conservative Party and known for being a war hawk, will officially become prime minister on Tuesday. Describe to us Liz Truss a little bit, you know, what, where did she come from? What are her views? What, what did they make of her? What, what were their first impressions? Well, everything in America is seen through the prism of Mrs. Thatcher. And of course, that's something that I don't think Liz Truss would mind one little bit. Liz Truss has very expressly and explicitly modelled herself on Margaret Thatcher, mm. who was much more identified with that kind of interventionist foreign policy. Mm. She was very aligned with Ronald Reagan. They were a bit puzzled by the fact that she was a Remainer who became a Brexiteer, but they definitely noted that she was trying to be Thatcherite in her view of independent Britain. Noticed, of course, the sort of pussy bow clothing that she wore for one of the debates and, you know, things like that. And perhaps because of that, but also because of other factors and, and you know, previous administrations in this country, certainly. What sort of state is the special relationship in at the moment? Well, at the moment, you'd practically think that I was living in Britain at the moment, such as the wall-to-wall coverage of the death of the Queen. So sometimes America and uh, Britain really do feel like they're still umbilically linked in some way. But of course, there has been a special relationship. And the special relationship's been through its ups and downs. And um, Liz Truss said something very interesting at the Conservative Party conference as well as working very closely with the United States, we need to be reaching out to other allies, and so do the United States. So, yes, it's a special relationship, but it's not an exclusive uh, relationship. She didn't want to appear like the needy teenager at the dance. She said, you know, Britain's bigger than that, was her implication. But at the same time, the truth is there is an Anglosphere, and the relationship is really strong even though at times it kind of wobbles and hits certain roadblocks. I mean, we've only seen in the last year the development of the AUKUS relationship, really an extension of the Five Eyes agreement between America, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, etc. But unkind things sometimes get said about each other behind closed doors, and there's absolutely no question that Joe Biden hated Brexit, all his advisers hated Brexit. They feel that issue very strongly. It's almost like a matter of family pride to believe in a united Ireland. That always causes yeah. difficulties. Sarah, those are obviously tensions within the relationship, which don't look like they're going to go away. You know, Liz Truss has been quite forthright on the Northern Ireland Protocol. So things could actually get much worse. In a way, has the timing helped her because, you know, this big general meeting at the UN, this would have been her introduction to the world, to world leaders at large, but actually coming so soon after the funeral that so many of the same world leaders have flown in for, particularly Joe Biden, who was determined to be there, in a way, has that sort of helped her? Will it soften her image a bit? And will it mean that people are more likely to, to want to reach out to Britain? 
I think it's helped her enormously. I mean, she'd never dare to say anything so awful as she's been lucky in her timing, but I'll say it for her in that respect, because really at the UN, every world leader is going to beat a path to her door to extend their condolences as well as their congratulations on becoming prime minister. And of course, she'll have met quite a few of them before at the Queen's funeral. So she is taking power at a very historic turning point in Britain. And of course, how she conducts herself as prime minister is going to be fundamental to her future image, not just at home, but also abroad. So there's so much going on that timing wise couldn't really be better for Liz Truss, even though I'm quite sure she wouldn't have wished it this way. Hmm. And are there things that they will be aligned on? You know, Russia and Ukraine, for example. America sometimes thinks it can find better allies than Britain. But actually, whenever things really get heated in the world, it's always Britain that's right there alongside America. And the Ukraine war is a case in point. When Russia invaded Ukraine, who was the first ally to come forward and offer unconditional support? Of course, it was Britain in concert with America that was most loud in its condemnation of the invasion. Sometimes Liz Truss has gone further than the Americans. For example, she said she wanted Putin to be defeated. And of course, when Biden dared to mention the prospect of regime change in Russia, his own advisers shot him down, uh, thinking that this was a tactless thing to say. But they're on the same page. Do you think there'll be um, an invitation to the White House anytime soon? I'm sure there'll be an invitation to the White House. There always is. But I don't think they're going to be rolling out the red carpet excitedly. I think they feel they might have done enough by the time the Queen's funeral has taken place. And of course, the big UN meeting. They will want to be polite allies. But she has a difficult atmosphere in Washington. I mean, Liz Truss, as Trade Secretary a long time ago, would have loved to strike a big US trade deal. That's not going to happen. She's acknowledged as much. As a matter of fact, she said last year, it's no big deal if America and Britain don't strike a trade deal. Actually, of course, she would love to have a US-UK trade deal. It just isn't going to happen. I would not at all like to see, nor I might add, would many of my Republican colleagues like to see a change in the uh, Irish courts, and the end result having a closed border again. And although the White House has said there's no formal relationship between whether or not she tears up the Northern Ireland Protocol, there is an implicit acknowledgement that she's not going to get anything in terms of trade deals out of the US if she goes her own way over Brexit and the Northern Ireland Protocol. And there's not much she can do about it at this stage. From one side of the Cold War to the other, if that's how Liz Truss is viewed in America, what do the Russians make of her? Hello, my name is Mark Bennett. I'm foreign correspondent for The Times and The Sunday Times. I was previously based in Moscow until May of this year. 
you're still watching Russia and the Russian media quite closely. How did they react to Liz Truss becoming prime minister? I don't think Russian state media's coverage of Liz Truss could be any more aggressive and worse, actually, Um, Mm. even in the run-up to the leadership election. Vladimir Solovyov, who's one of the Kremlin's um, chief propaganda agents, presenters on state television, said that because she had sanctions the leader of the Russian Orthodox Church, there's a place in hell for people like Truss. Wow. That is to say, Christians have been persecuted by that illiterate, worthless creature who fancies herself foreign secretary of what? Who does she think she is? Who even is she? There's a place for people like her in hell. It's obvious. They've also said Liz Truss doesn't belong in politics, but in the kitchen. Um, She's uneducated, dangerous, and a far less reasonable candidate than her rivals. Another interesting point as well, when Truss arrived at Downing Street recently, she was in a purple dress, and um, state television cited psychologists, unnamed psychologists, who said that women who wear purple are likely to be very vain, have heightened sensitivity, and are prone to mood swings. I mean, this is extraordinary. So they are watching her very, very closely and clearly undermining everything from her clothes choices to her policies before she's really even bedded in. Yeah, I mean, when she was selected, the exact quote was um, that stupidity has triumphed and that Britain has now been transformed into a kind of Orwellian dystopia where ignorance is strength. What has led them to that? I mean, is this just traditional sexism? Is it sort of a Russian cultural problem or is there something about Liz Truss in particular? Well, she's seen as being more of a hawk. When she was foreign secretary, she came to Moscow in a kind of um, last each attempt to avoid the war. And Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister at the time, who was denying that Russia was going to invade Ukraine, said it was like talking to a deaf mute. And then they either tricked her or she misheard. Or when when Lavrov said, will Britain recognize Russia's sovereignty over Rostov and the Varonish regions? And Truss replied that Britain will never recognize Russia's sovereignty in these areas. And Lavrov had it seems tricked her because um, those areas are actually in Russia and um, no one is contesting the sovereignty. Ah. Trusted spokesperson said she'd misheard and it was Russian propaganda, but obviously it was um, covered quite heavily by Russian state media. It's kind of evidence that the British leadership doesn't know the first thing about Ukraine. Given that as, as the backdrop, is she somebody they think they can negotiate with in the future? Mm, well, the Kremlin has said it doesn't see any prospects for relations with Britain becoming better. Miles Truss is prime minister. But I mean, I think basically they would have said that whoever became prime minister. I mean, the relations between Russia and Britain now are as low as they've ever been, lower than they've been been during the Cold War, for example. Mm. We're probably at a best case scenario right now. This is the best case scenario. (laughs) I think so, yeah. I mean, Russian television is basically telling its viewers now that Moscow is essentially at war with NATO, including Britain. They've accused British intelligence of staging the massacre of Ukrainian civilians in Bucha, for example, of basically orchestrating Western propaganda effort against the Russian army. I think things will just continue like this for for a long time. Liz Truss's sort of rhetoric around Ukraine and around Russia has been very strong all the way through. It's very clear that war crimes have taken place. Now, as to the question of genocide, that is a matter for the courts to determine. But what I want to be very clear about 
is the UK is taking the maximum approach. As far as we're concerned, nothing is off the table. Putin must lose in Ukraine. Are there fears about whether that might lead to an escalation between the two countries? Rhetoric and actions are two very different things, aren't they? I mean, while Russian television might be furious about some of her comments, and I kind of would hope that the Kremlin would look at what's going on on the ground. If, for example, Britain starts sending troops to fight on Ukraine's side, then that would spark, obviously, an escalation. But if it's just rhetoric, I imagine, and again, hope that it will be confined to a kind of war of words between Truss and um, the Kremlin. The British ambassador is still in Moscow, so I guess if they expel the ambassador, that's another step that would uh, signal that relations are deader than dead. But right now, I mean... They're, they're dead. <laughs> Coming up, Liz Truss declared China a threat. But what do they make of her? We'll have more after a quick message from a colleague. I'm Matthew Campbell, Foreign Features Editor at the Sunday Times. I've always had a hunger for news, finding out things about parts of the world away from the beaten track. We can only do this thanks to the subscribers of The Times and Sunday Times. Subscribe today by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Didi Tang. I am the Beijing correspondent for the Times of London. Didi, how did the Chinese media react to, to Liz Truss becoming prime minister? So here in China, in the past year or so, as Truss was the foreign secretary, Beijing started to become wary of her China policy. And during her campaign, she was talking about she was going to you know, label China as a threat. And that mm. hasn't gone very well here in Beijing. 
when she was running for the PM position, the Chinese, the government officially were trying to keep this kind of a distance. Like, look, this is your internal politics. We're not going to interfere because you know, China doesn't want other countries to interfere with its own domestic politics. Officially, China's stance is we're going to work with whoever elected the mm. prime minister of the UK government. But then, you know, you can look at the state media editorials. They have not been very nice towards trust because of what she has said. And then they're making fun of her, trying to say, okay, she wants to be the next new Thatcher. She may have the look, but she may not have the quality. And they're talking about, hey, you know, UK at this point, you have your own problems, right? Why are you casting your eyes at us? So you have your energy problems, you have Mm. the Brexit and you have the Ukraine and everything. So you have all the things are going on. And now, you know, on top of things, the queen is gone, right? Is the UK going to fall apart? Or is the Commonwealth going to fall apart? You know, those are speculations going on here. In a way, has the Queen's death, coming so soon after Liz Truss took office, has that sort of softened their view of Britain? Is that sort of changing the way people see the situation here? Beijing or the Chinese, the members of the public, they're looking at sort of the longer view with the Queen gone and what's going to happen to the whole empire, the Commonwealth the UK. And then maybe, you know, that can be the focus for trust to keep everything together in this like post-Queen Elizabeth in the era and what she's going to do. Maybe she will have some other, you know, priorities. Also, there's one thing we need to kind of keep in mind, like the Chinese government, they always hope or they always wish. It's one thing for you to say something during your campaign, but it's another thing. Once you become the prime minister, you have to be more pragmatic you have to compromise to some extent. Mm. You know, you're not going to be able to do a lot of things that you have promised to do during your campaign just because you have the restraints, you know, in reality. And hopefully, you know, trust. Now she's in office and when she really has to deal with the China issue, she will take this more pragmatic approach. That's sort of the wish by the Chinese government. That kind of explains why officially China always kind of take this step back to say, look, we're going to, you know, keep distance. We're going to give you a chance, right? We're going to watch what you do, not what you say. In a way, they've already seen her in office, though, sort of not just campaigning, but being in a serious role when she was foreign secretary. And she was always quite strong on issues like Taiwan, for example. We need to learn the lessons from Ukraine. And that's what we, as the free world, need to do, uh, is make sure that Taiwan has the ability to defend itself, that we continue to maintain peace in the Taiwan Strait. How much is that worrying? the Chinese. Compared to her predecessors, you know, yes, trust has been a lot more tougher on China, on Taiwan, right? And again, going back, it's a different thing for you to be a prime minister versus being the foreign secretary. And then China sees the differences. Does China see Liz Truss as a leader they can do business with? Do they think the Chinese-British relationship will improve under her tenure or do they think it'll get worse? I'm not sure if it's going to improve, not just given the China-UK relations, but we have to look at things with this broader perspective. And we have to look at China-UK relationship in the light of China-US relationship. So as long as the ties between Beijing and Washington does not improve, I don't think and I don't see how the relationship between Beijing and London can improve very clearly the UK government is going to be a very strong ally of Washington. That I think we can agree, right? And I think US is going to count on the support from the UK government. 
And at that point, for the UK, how are you going to do it? Who are you going to choose? Responding to the election of Liz Truss, Mao Ning, a spokeswoman at China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, told a briefing. Cultivating and advancing sound bilateral ties is the common responsibility of China and the UK. It serves the common interests of both our peoples. We hope the UK and China will meet each other halfway so that bilateral relations will move along the right track. Matters regarding sending congratulations will be handled in accordance with established diplomatic practices. So if you're looking at the broader picture, I think the challenge for trust is to maintain the current relationship at the current level and therefore mm. not to deteriorate. I don't think we probably will be a little bit too optimistic to think it's going to improve. Wow. So we're not even looking for an improvement. She just needs to hold the line. If she can hold the line, I think that would be great. So if things are not getting worse, <laughs> that's the best we can hope for. If that's the best we can hope for from China, what about relations with Europe? My name's Peter Conradi. I'm the Europe editor of The Sunday Times. Peter, what has the reaction been in France and, and other parts of Europe to Liz Truss becoming prime minister? I think Britain's relations with the EU as a whole are going through a fairly difficult phase, to put it mildly, just because of the unresolved issues from Brexit, particularly the question of, of Northern Ireland. And France is sort of a particularly acute case, partly because of just geographical proximity. There are a lot of things where sort of British interests rub up against French interests. And I think there's also a matter of personal style, the difference between Boris Johnson, when he was prime minister, and Emmanuel Macron, the French president. Boris Johnson was a little bit prone to make up policy on the hoof or to say things that seemed a little inappropriate, perhaps. It's time for some of our dearest friends around the world to prone and grip uh, about all this and donnez-moi and break. Emmanuel Macron is very much a kind of technocrat, very much part of this sort of French patrician kind of tradition. So, you know, the two men very clearly didn't see eye to eye and were very different from one another. And how has Liz Truss gone down there, and particularly with Emmanuel Macron? She became Foreign Secretary almost exactly a year ago at a fairly fraught time anyway for Anglo-French relations because the Australian government had just stunned the French by cancelling an order to buy French submarines and saying they were going to buy American and, and British ones instead. There was then a big dispute that erupted over fish, also the beginnings of problems over Northern Ireland. All these things together meant that as a foreign secretary, although there'd been kind of quite high hopes of her on the French side before she came to power, you know, there was sort of disappointment. And then in the run-up to her selection as leader, there was this extraordinary moment when she was on the hustings when she was asked, um, President Macron, friend or foe, the, the jury's out. The next day, Macron was asked about this. And watching the video clip of his reaction is quite instructive because he stands for a moment saying nothing, raises his eyebrows, inhales, <laughs> exhales for a few seconds. And then he sort of gives a, a lecture in statesmanship. 
Si on pas capable... If France and Britain can't say whether they are friends or enemies, this word isn't neutral, then we're headed for serious problems. Uh, on va vers de sérieux problèmes. And then a little, a little sort of jab at her, saying that... British people, Britain, is a friend of France, a strong ally, no matter its leaders, and sometimes despite its leaders. Not the greatest start, and she wasn't even prime minister then. Do you think that'll soften now that she's in office? I think it's going to have to, because France and Britain will have to find a way of resolving their problems. And in a sense, Britain will have to find a way of resolving its problems with the whole of the of the EU, because this isn't really just a French problem. This is a problem essentially between Britain and its relations with the EU after Brexit. The real issue is Northern Ireland and how Britain and Liz Trust in particular are going to resolve this problem, which is a particularly knotty one. As Foreign Secretary, she took quite a tough line on it. And that has gone down very, very badly within the EU, which is a very, very legalistic organization and which sticks to the view that essentially, if Britain has signed something, then it has to abide by it. And I think as long as there is this perception that's going to cast a shadow over all the other dealings between Britain and the EU, because there can always be this complaint, we in Brussels or in Paris or in Berlin, we cannot trust the British because they sign up for something and they don't adhere to it. So I think everything that Liz Truss can do to dispel that notion and to kind of restore Britain's reputation as a country that actually sticks by the rules, however politically difficult it is for her at home, is the key, I think, to improving her relations with Europe. And Peter, you know, when historians look back on this period, I think it'll be very hard to separate the first fortnight of Liz Truss's time in office with with the Queen's death. In a way, has that changed Europe's view of her and of Britain, really? I mean, I have been amazed sitting here in Paris, where I'm based, and just watching the amount of media coverage that has been given to the Queen's death, to the run-up to her funeral. I mean, the 24-hour news stations have had fixed cameras in Britain. There's been hours after hours of, of coverage. The French magazines, the French newspapers have been the same, you know, and ditto across Europe. And I think there is a sense there, as far as the Europeans are concerned, there are two Britons. There is a slightly crazy Britain, almost a Britain gone mad, as many people see it, since the Brexit vote, which a lot of Europeans really still don't understand. And then there is the other Britain, the Britain of extraordinary tradition, which reaches its apogee in the royal family, the Britain that can do pageantry, can be solemn, can be grand, can be great. And that Britain has come to the fore. And I think the coincidence of Liz Truss succeeding Boris Johnson precisely in the week of the Queen's death will be helpful to her, I think, in in getting her off to a very, very different start to the one that, that she would have had under normal circumstances. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, 
Sarah Baxter, director of the Marie Colvin Center for International Reporting at Stony Brook University in New York. Mark Bennett, foreign correspondent for The Times and The Sunday Times. Didi Tang, Beijing correspondent for The Times and the Europe editor for The Sunday Times, Peter Conradi. You can find coverage of the UN General Meeting at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producers today were Sam Chantarasak, Edward Drummond and Olivia Case. The executive producer is Kate Ford and sound design was by David Crackles. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Thank you.